Welcome to Canada's podcast. Hello, I'm Mario Tonaguzzi with Calgary's podcast on Canada's Podcast Network. Joining me today is Adam Ryan, who is chef and partner in Fire and Flora, a new restaurant in Calgary. Thanks for joining us today, Adam. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. Well, let me just start by asking you what Fire and Flora is and, and what you guys specialize in. So Fire and Flora started as an idea to focus on plant-based cuisine, but at an elevated level. So what we're doing here is we're taking certain ingredients that, that we find in Alberta, Western Canada, other parts of the country, whether it be Ontario, uh, like wild, uh, wild nuts that are grown in Ontario, maple syrup that's grown in Quebec, and we take these ingredients and we highlight them in, in the dishes on our menu. So you th- see things like um, sweet potatoes that I found growing in Alberta, a mm. uh, unique ingredient for Canada because the growing season is so long and our, our uh, growing season is so short. Um, I found somebody that's producing sweet potato leaves. So we're making a pierogi dough green using these sweet potato leaves, blending them into some flour and, and highlighting these, these special unique ingredients that... Canadians might not be familiar with in their own backyard. Mm-hmm. Tell me the why behind the concept. Uh, you know, uh, you know, what was sure. the reasoning for for developing this and 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 opening this kind of a restaurant? So there's there's a few reasons. And number one of them is uh, we've we've seen this pandemic uh, go on for a number of years now, and supply chain has become an issue. Businesses have been devastated, and I think more than ever, it's important to look and see what's growing around you and, and how can we support our fellow Canadians? What, what businesses can we support? Um, if there are supply chain issues, if I'm, if I'm looking to get avocados from California, are they going to show up when I need them to show up? Is the price of transport going to change? Uh, the price of fuel and transportation going to change the price of those products? So that's, that's one of the reasons. Another one is uh, plant-based Foods in general is becoming trendier and trendier, and, and it's I think in um, a diet that more people are incorporating into their lives. And then also, if you look at the cost of food and the cost of goods in general, meat is expensive. Yeah. So if looking at a business, if we're looking at a restaurant that part of your bottom line relies on keeping your food costs at a certain threshold, well, how are we going to hit that threshold? Maybe by by using nuts, by using fruits, by using vegetables, by using grains. By using legumes rather than contributing to the ever increasing price of beef, even though there is a lot of beef grown in Alberta. Yeah, exactly. Where did the name come from? So, so the concept initially was: can we can we create a restaurant that's focused on solid fuel? Can we can we use uh, wood? Can we use charcoal? That was kind of the first inspiration to this project. So. Uh, that's the fire part. And then the flora obviously is the plant aspect of the business. Now, we didn't actually succeed in, in getting all of that wood fire equipment into this, into this building, into this business, because we just ran into some issues with execution when it came to HVAC requirements and solid fuel versus gas. So all of the equipment in here is uh, gas, gas fired equipment, but we did get a clay. We have a clay pizza oven here shipped in from Italy for, for making breads, for roasting vegetables. We do this like giant um, whole roasted mushroom. And we actually buy mushrooms from a local farm called Red Fox Fungi. They grow these cool products. 
And what we do is we roast them on the blocks that they grow on and serve them at the table whole. And you can kind of snip them, put them in uh, on flatbreads and crepes with little yeah. condiments. It's quite the showstopper. Oh, cool. Yeah. So, you know, when you look at, uh, at the trend in society, uh, you know, there's more and more uh, people out there are vegan or vegetarian, uh, um, more people taking, you know, uh, uh, taking uh, options, uh, plant-based stuff as well, but not, you know, they may not necessarily go the full route, right? Uh, why is all this happening uh, now, do you think? Uh, I think there's resources out there that support um, that lifestyle is, is, is more healthy. There's more access to delicious plant-based recipes, even with the internet. If somebody wants to go online and say, you know what, I'm, I, I wish I could eat more vegetarian cuisine, but I don't really know how to, how to develop flavor or cook with, with yeah. kohlrabi. I don't know how to cook fava beans. I don't know how to cook um, quinoa. It's, it needs a lot of help. It's a, it's, it doesn't have a ton of flavor. So I think there's access to resources um, to, to help make those ingredients more accessible to, to the average Joe at home. But also there's meal kits now and you can get a meal kit that has a plant-based option. You can go to any chain restaurant now and they've, they've got really delicious programming for, for vegetarian food as well. You, you know, you use the word delicious, and I just want to focus on that. Do you think that has changed as well over the years? Is that that people, uh, you know, who may have had a mental block about eating plant-based stuff, especially say a burger, right? Uh, now they've seen the options and perhaps tasted the options and are pretty damn good, right? Oh, of course. And there is now, you mentioned that the burger example, there's multiple companies now making plant-based burgers on, on the grocery store, like frozen patties on the shelves. And, and some, of their, some of their claim to fame is, that it tastes like um, it tastes like real meat. Sorry yeah. about the noise. <laughs> no, that's okay. Yeah. So how did uh, how did you uh, get involved in this yourself? Uh, like, are you are you uh, personally uh, uh, you know a sort of more plant based in your diet or have been or? So it's it's interesting. It's an interesting story. Um, can you hear that noise? By the way. No, that's fine. <laughs> okay. um, it's an interesting story because I, I come from Ontario. Yeah. Uh, I grew up in Ontario in, in Mississauga. And the, a large part of my culinary career was on in rural Ontario. So in Caledon, in Orangeville, Ontario. And we cooked a lot of, or I met a lot of farmers. So um, one of my jobs was at a, an active farm. We had an orchard and a cidery. And we would pick apples from the orchard and use them in all our food. And because the owner of this farm was a farmer himself, he, uh, he would support all his colleagues in the, in the area, in the region. So I learned a lot about supporting the, the, the local farms and a lot about vegetables that, that grow in Canada, indigenous or otherwise, just if, yeah. if somebody's kind of figure out a way to grow something that doesn't necessarily grow here. And so I've always found it interesting that there are farmers out there challenging themselves to do something outside the box. And I've always wanted to, to run with that as well. Can I challenge myself to focus on Canadian produce? Can I challenge myself to do a plant-based restaurant in a, in, in a meat-heavy city like Calgary? Yeah. And so moved here. I moved here three years ago from Toronto, and, my, and I moved out here to actually run a plant-based restaurant. Uh, the coup, it was called, or it's called. Oh, yeah. 
And so I was there for, for two years when I moved to Calgary. And I, le- I learned a lot about vegan substitutes as well, making vegan cheese, nut-based cheese, and, and I'm just kind of running with it now here. Mm, yeah. So when you look at, uh, you know, uh, going back uh, a little bit in time, uh, your career as a chef, what made you want to become a chef? Like, uh, what was uh, That's a good question. I think when I was in high school, I was a teenager, and we had a, a really cool culinary program at the high school I went to. Cool. And part of that program was a co-op. So I went and worked at a local restaurant for half my day, and the other half of the day I was in this, uh, this, this program in school. So I, I, I learned a lot and it was, it was very challenging at first. I remember there were times where I thought it was just too, too much outside of my comfort zone, whether it's the speed, whether it's the, the amount of things you're expected to learn in such a short amount of time. Um, and, and just looking up to these, these individuals who worked there that were so much further ahead in, in their careers than me and, and, and could do so much more, I felt really um, like challenged and 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 really push to learn more and do more and as i as i evolved in different roles and in different positions i realized there's so much opportunity in hospitality to to travel there's so many kinds of businesses you could work at too whether it's a private golf course whether it's a casino whether it's a hotel cruise ship private chefs you could do food styling for a magazine or a tv show it doesn't it's not necessarily limited to restaurant cooking so it's an it's an interesting um, interesting field to be working in, I think for sure. Yeah. So and you mentioned television shows. I'm curious. Uh, you know, there's been such an explosion over the last few years, right? Of television shows and food networks, etc. Uh, what impact do you think that's that's had on your industry? Um, I think there's been some good, some bad. Um, one, some of the feedback I I've heard, and I don't know. I haven't seen this firsthand, but there are young individuals that go to culinary school and because they're watching this programming on the television, they think that when they get out of culinary school, they'll be running restaurants and it'll be glamorous and, <laughs> and you can kind of just stand over, stand over a plate and make it look pretty and that's your job. So that's, I mean, I've heard, I've heard mixed things about that, but as a whole, I think it's, it's bringing a lot more attention to, to hospitality. And if people are watching these shows on television and saying, Oh, that's really cool ingredient, and that's a really cool chef, or that's a cool restaurant. They go out more. Um, part of the reason people go out is is convenience. That's what those quick service restaurants are for. But yeah. the reason I want people to come here, and the reason people do come here, is for an experience. I want people to come and be blown away because they they're taken care of. Uh, they're served. They've got great choices on our wine list. Great choices on our cocktail menu. We're we're supporting local breweries, and we've got these amazing beers on tap. Yeah, uh, all Calgary based, all the beers that we're that we're pouring right now. So it's cool. And, and then they come here and they see this, this amazing mushroom nuts that's been picked off our wall and roasted in our oven and realize that there's there's things out there that they can experience in a restaurant that they wouldn't necessarily experience at home. Yeah. So when you, uh, you know, when you uh, look at those, uh, say, those television shows, do you have any favorites? Or any favorite uh, chefs that you? I mean, I think that there's. There's a lot of good stuff out there. Unfortunately, I spend all of my time in the restaurant, so I know. <laughs> so it's hard to find the time to to sit in front of the telly and watch those. But that the show, I think, um, uh, Chef's Table, that not Netflix documentary, I think is does a really good job at showcasing 
what our industry is like and and showcasing the diversity and the and the chefs and the culture that that comes alongside you know as a chef uh you know, there's a lot of creativity involved, right? Uh, you know, because uh, you're you're creating stuff. Uh, you're uh, you know uh, you're making up different recipes, different food items, etc. Where does that inspiration come for for a lot of this stuff? Uh, for me, it starts with the ingredients. There's 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 a few ways to write a menu, and I think one of the more common ways that a lot of people approach menu writing, and I do sometimes too, depending on the circumstances, is there's something you want to accomplish. There's a flavor profile, a dish, a flavor combination. So you seek out those ingredients. Yeah. Uh, so you're, you're at home and you're like, you know what? I'd really like to make a stuffed chicken breast with cheese tonight for dinner. So you go buy the chicken and you buy the cheese that you want. Whereas the approach that I take here at Fire and Flora is we seek out ingredients that we think are interesting or, or super delicious or, um, or just somebody doing something that we really support, whether it's their business model, their beliefs. Uh, the sustainability aspect to their farming. And we take that ingredient and say, okay, I really want to focus on serving these potatoes. It's an awesome potato. This is the flavor profile. Can we make a dish with this potato? Yeah. Same with cheese. Okay, we've got this guy that I've met recently. He makes mozzarella cheese in Alberta with his own own milk, uh, Fiorda Latte. So we're, we want to use his cheese in the restaurant. We, we think it's cool. It's a, it's, I like his story. I like what he's doing. He has his own buffalo herd, so he's also making buffalo mozzarella. So, Ooh. yeah, it's 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 exciting when I see and, and find these things in in Canada, and that's those are the things I want to highlight on our menu, and that's how we approach our our menu development here. So, do you go searching for like different stuff? Uh, I try, I try to, I, I I try to connect myself with the right people that can connect me with those people, and sometimes it's a little bit of a like avalanche and, and or snowball effect. And I meet someone who introduces me to someone who introduces me to somebody. And that's like the most organic way it happens. I think um, sometimes if there's something I, I know that is grown in Canada, uh, like lentils or quinoa, yeah. I'll, I'll up on the internet and see if I can find somebody in my province growing that. Um, but nine times out of 10, it's better if I, if I find somebody who can make a connection for me rather than me force for some sort of meeting and relationship by, by asking our friend Google about it. Okay. Yeah. What's, uh, what's your favorite part of being a chef? Uh, I really enjoy the creativity. I think it's, it challenges my brain in, in ways that maybe other professions might not. And I also like being in restaurants. Um, like I said before, there are so many different ways you can approach this job and this industry and, and the career, but I like the, I like the vibe being in a restaurant brings to the table. I like watching people celebrate. I like, I like watching people have fun and the excitement when they yeah. eat something delicious or see something exciting or, or, or come back because they had something so amazing that they needed to show their friends and family or colleagues it. Yeah. Okay. And the flip side, what's the worst thing about being a chef? Uh, it's, uh, it's a lot of late nights, yeah. a lot of long hours. Um, but if you really love it, it's, it's, it's worth it. I think. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, one of the, one of the interesting things of, you know, uh, uh, being a chef, obviously you talk about the creativity. So you got that one side of the brain going, right. Uh, uh, but you're also in a business, right. Uh, how, how do, uh, 
you know, how's that side of the brain working when it comes to that aspect of things? So it's, it's, it's an interesting question because I, I already started to answer it earlier in our conversation, which is there, there are like set expectations in a restaurant when it comes to what your labor numbers should look like, what your food costs should look like, what your uh, rent should look like, and then what your overall margins are as like a blanket. Yeah. And obviously there's variables in every business, but one of the reasons that I think this plant-based restaurant can be more successful is the cost of goods that we're purchasing uh, can be can be a lot more affordable than than buying meat. Um, the the most important thing about running a successful restaurant um, and and keeping your food costs down is also to create zero waste. So if you're if you're dicing tomatoes for a salsa and you're throwing out the seeds and guts, then you're losing 80% of your product. So what, what's important is to figure out a way to utilize that entire tomato. Are you making a soup with the guts? Um, are yeah. you blending it into a tomato sauce? Are you marinating vegetables in tomato puree and then grilling them and having that tomato caramelize on there? And it yeah. goes for anything. Are you using your potato skin so you, you can fry them up and make chips for something? Are you or putting them in a, a, a stock to make soup? So taking everything that's still inherently edible and delicious, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't suggest that people start serving garbage, uh, <laughs> but uh, I would say being creative in a sense that you're utilizing um, every part of your product. And it's, it's no different when you're cooking with meat, they say nose to tail cooking, right? Yeah. So I don't know what you call it with vegetables, but root, root to flour, root to seed. Yeah. I don't know. It's like, I guess it's like you know, being on the farm, right? Is that you you utilize everything that you have and uh, make it uh, stretch it out uh, to go a long way, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, you, you know, when you look at uh, the the restaurant industry here in Calgary, I'm curious on your take on that. Uh, uh, how would you describe the consumer here uh, as it is? Uh, uh, are we sophisticated enough uh, now that we've gone beyond, uh, you know, the meat and the potatoes, so to speak, that, that maybe Calgary has been associated with for so many years uh, going back in time? Well, it's, it's, it's interesting because I tell my friends and colleagues in Toronto about this constantly. Calgary has a, a very vibrant and diverse dining scene. And, and I, look at, I look at other urban environments in Canada whether it's Vancouver, Montreal, Toronto, and you see, you see uh, more, more grab and go, more comfort food restaurants opening up specifically in Toronto. And yeah. that may have something to do with the, the pandemic as well. But in, in Calgary here, there's so many restaurants opening. And again, pandemic plays a role in that. There's, we had less restrictions in place uh, than other cities in Canada did. Yeah. And there's more opportunities for growth. Um, cost of living is, is more affordable here and, and just overall, uh, cost of goods. So I see, I see all these restaurateurs and, and, and individuals opening more and more places in Calgary and they're not half-assing it. They're, they're challenging their diners. I see, I see some wines that are higher price points on, on more and more lists. I yeah. see unique ingredients. I see unique concepts, whether it's, um, and um, there's different styles of cuisine. There's Caribbean restaurants now. There's Korean restaurants. There's lots of Indian restaurants. I saw there's an Ethiopian restaurant. 
And yeah. then we've got, we've got places like the Coup, which is a vegetarian restaurant in, in a meat and potatoes town that's been open for 17 years or 18 years. Yeah. And I see, I've seen three or four more plant-based restaurants open up in, in the three years that I've lived in Calgary. Yeah. And that's uh, obviously a, a, a trend that's going to continue uh, as we move forward. Uh, what, um, uh, you know, being a chef, obviously, and you mentioned the hours. Uh, uh, do you have a, do you think you have a proper work-life balance? <laughs> you know, uh, that's, that's something everybody talks about. Is, that's a blanket statement as a chef in general, for me specifically. You specifically. <laughs> uh, well, right now, I mean, opening a new restaurant was, was a lot of work. And and uh, as you know, new business, you've got to be present. So it's it's a situation where I'm here all the time, making sure that the staff are, the staff are up to date on what's happening. They feel supported. We also have a second location uh, in, a, in a food hall in Calgary as well. So managing that as well as fire and flora is also a lot of work just making yeah. sure that everything is is running smoothly and 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 that the team gets the support they need the guests have the experience that they're paying for and so that means for me right now it's just a lot of hours spent um in the grind yeah so i'm i'm curious um you know i used to be a sports writer right and uh at the calgary herald so uh you know when you work and do sports like like eight ten hours a day the last thing you want to do last when you're gone from that is uh, not be involved in any sports or not watch any sports or whatever. Uh, I'm just curious about you. Like you work at, at, in a restaurant, you're, you're cooking, you're, you're a chef, etc. What do you do when you get home? Do you cook up your own meals as well? Or you uh, say it, now? <laughs> depends. Depends on the night of the week, I, I, the day of the week, I suppose. I think that. Um, Going back to the fact that I say I love restaurants, I love this industry. I also spend a lot of time outside of work at other restaurants. I like to go see what other chefs are cooking up. I like to draw inspiration from other people's business models, yeah. whether whether it's the food specifically or how how you can see how the staff are, are managing the space, you can see how the space is designed or or being executed. So for me, I enjoy going to restaurants and, and trying and seeing new things. But when I'm at home, uh, it's a mix. If I'm if I'm in the mood to to cook something nice for myself, I will. Or if I'm I'm cooking for someone like someone else as well, I'll make something nice. Um, I also like to make make things in bulk. I'll make uh, a lasagna and freeze it, or I'll make a big big pot of chili and freeze it in in Tupperware containers and then pull it out when I get home, so I can still eat eat some nice food, but it's not as much work once I finish work, um, especially if it's at midnight or one one in the morning. Yeah, <laughs> but also it's always great to have some old El Paso or Tostitos chips and salsa in your fridge for those for those nights when you get home and need a snack. Yeah, you bet. Yeah. So besides cooking and and food, uh, what other interests do you have, or do you have time for other interests? It's 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 tough to to find time for anything else right now. It's um, I think it's it's funny because I moved to Calgary in 2019, and the first day I arrived. We went to Banff and I went up the, the gondola and saw yeah. them out. And then I think I was here for over a year before I ever got a chance to go up to the mountains again and see, I, see Canmore, see Banff, see Lake Louise. Yeah. And then um, 
And then the pandemic hit and it gave me a chance to, to spend some time and go, go visit some of these places in Alberta that, that I never saw when I was grinding it out the first year here. <laughs> but uh, I like exploring just other places um, in the province, seeing what else is. I mean, you learn, you learn from everywhere you go and you see, see different things, see new things, get to experience other people, other human beings and how they, their perspective on life and what they're doing yeah. is also contributes to, to how I operate. Yeah. So when, you know, uh, on a personal level of your personal tastes, uh, is there uh, an ethnic culture uh, uh, food group that you, that you enjoy more than any? Uh, I would say Mexican is my, is my favorite, um, favorite cuisine as a general term. And I'm actually in the fall, we'll be opening a Mexican restaurant in Calgary as well. Oh, wow. Oh. Avenue, yeah. Okay, super then. Well, thanks, Adam, for joining us today. Yeah, no problem. Thanks, thanks for chatting. It was, it was nice. Okay, super. That was Adam Ryan, who is a chef and partner of the new Calgary restaurant called Fire and Flora. I'm Mario Tanaguzzi with Calgary's podcast on Canada's Podcast Network. Thanks for joining us today.